The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. As always, I'm your host, JJ, joined by the man with the plan, the biggest Nets fan, Keith McPherson, just (laughs) basking in the glory of Kevin Durant's number seven jersey. How's it going, Keith? Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Yeah, I'm just... uh looking through the Skype camera and you can see me with my Nets jersey on. I, I've worn Nets stuff the last, like, I don't know, three, four days anywhere I go just to, like, rep. And uh, I've been telling people, hey, if you don't have an old Nets jersey or some type of proof that you were a Nets fan, you can't jump on the bandwagon now. Yeah, you should get, like, a Durant or Kyrie jersey, but, like, like what you're wearing. Like, the jersey colors. Yeah, like a throwback of the, like, I'm talking about the Continental Airlines Arena Nets. Yeah. I'm talking about the the blue. And then, I mean, they used to have these red jerseys. Um, that's the one I really want to find. Like, they're not going to do it. But uh, maybe if the Nets actually do like a throwback night and they pick a jersey, those red jerseys are rare. I have the white one. I have the blue one. But yeah, anyway, let's go Nets. For people that are listening, I am a New Jersey Nets converted to Brooklyn Nets basketball fan. The Yes Network should hire me, man. I got the the Yankees, got the Nets. I could be like a, you know, on the scene fan person thing. You just got to learn about uh New York uh NYC FC. Just learn a little soccer and then you're you'll be in there. Oh no, that's a deal breaker. Well, I noticed they put a new headline a new um like cover on I think it was either Twitter or it might have been on their Facebook and it's got like a bunch of Yankees and the soccer players, but none of like they don't have Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving on there. Yeah. And it's like, I was thinking about it for the Yes Network, like getting, like, let's be honest here. Now you are, we've talked about it before, you're Yankees, 
uh, Cowboys, your bowl, uh, your um, Duke, and what are you like, Florida State football too? Yeah. Like you're all yeah. the big ones. The Nets, for the most part, they did make those two finals runs. The Nets have fucking stunk for forever. The Nets have been yeah. so bad that no one remembers that like Kyrie Irving being from New Jersey might be a fan of them. It was just like, oh, well, he's got to be a Knicks fan. So you've like, you've gone through it. You have stayed with them. And this is still a baseball podcast. But I am curious, when they moved to Brooklyn, were you like, was there any party that was like, fuck them? Yeah, of course. I was, uh, I like boycotted for a couple years. Um, that was like the Darren Williams years, Brooke Lopez. When they moved them to Brooklyn, I'm just like, I wasn't feeling Jay-Z moving the team and trying to like change the colors and all that. But then once I went, I think I went to the playoffs in 2012 or 2013. I always forget. We played the Bulls and uh, I saw the stadium and the difference between how many fans were in the stadium, the energy in the stadium. I was like, oh, this is way better. Uh, Continental Airlines Arena, no one was showing up to. Um, they had to beg fans to go with like $10 tickets. The accessibility. The it, was just, it was just so tough to get out there. Even like... Now they have a train, like get in the Meadowlands stinks. Right. And then, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast of, you know, the teams playing in Jersey and like, I don't even, I don't rep the Giants because when I was younger, I'm like, wait, they play in New Jersey and East Rutherford, but they're the Giants. I didn't even know where Dallas was when I picked the Dallas Cowboys, but either way, I know where the Bronx is. I know where uh, the Yankees play. And speaking of the Bronx and knowing where it is on July 20th, I'll be there. You'll be there. The whole Bronx pinstripes crew will be there. And I'm pushing this because I'm pretty sure as this comes out on Wednesday, probably by like Thursday, we'll stop taking orders. If you want to come out to that game, it's $69. You go to bronxpinstripes.com. You go to Fan Shop. Uh, for $69, you get a ticket to the game in Section 205 where we'll all be sitting. It's not one of those things where like you, you, know, you go and you're sitting all over the place. We're all sitting together. You get a T-shirt mailed to you, and that's why we close off sales so early because we have to get the T-shirts made and have them shipped to you so you get them in time. I've already seen the shirt. It's big fire. Um, so you get that sent to you. So you don't have to like change your shirt in the middle of the bar. You get a hot dog and a beer in the game. All that for $69. Every event we've had so far has gotten bigger and bigger. It's been a great time. We hope to see you out there. Come out for uh, for that. So, you know, we know where the Bronx is. Uh, unfortunately, coming back from London, and I have a lot more energy than I did last week. I was so tired uh, because of the time <laughs> difference. Um, the Yankees came back and then went straight to Queens, went, played the Mets in, again, I don't know how many times I can hammer this, a Subway series that just really did not matter. Um, no one really cared about it. I think the biggest thing out of it is seeing, uh, you know, on Tuesday, seeing Zach Wheeler uh, in person because we're looking at possibly trading for him, seeing him go into the seventh. We end up losing that game. Adovino struggles. He's still got a sub two ERA, but gives up some runs. We end up losing that game. And then we just bounce right back with Domingo Herman coming uh, off the DL to or IL, whatever it is nowadays, to get his 10th win. Uh, for all those people who say wins don't matter, I love wins. Uh, went out there, won five one. Uh, the team played, you know, a good all around game. Got out, you know, got up early, stayed up. And uh, you know, when you look at the Tuesday game, it's easy to say little jet lag, flying back from London. It's not easy. You know, once we get our legs under us, we go out there and we cruise and we beat up on bad teams like the Mets. You know, and it's great to see Domingo back out there. Uh, you know, Chad Green has kind of, you know, reinvented himself after being down in AAA. You know, overall, I mean, coming out of that series that really didn't matter to get a split, like, I'll take it. 
Yeah, uh, I didn't watch the first game of the series, but that was like, you know, the start of the best week ever for the Mets fans. They broke our home run streak. I think we ended at like 31 games. Yep. Um, they were able to beat us in a close one. And, you know, they started celebrating that online and their fans felt like, you know, they, they got one over us. But then we came back the next day, took that game. It was good to see Mingo back. I think his first pitch, he gave up a home run. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of shaky. It takes a like. It takes the but pressure hey, off. Now you don't got to worry about a exactly. no Exactly. I was about to say, after you do that, you settle right in and he, and he looked fine. And it's, it's good to have him back. Um, and yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll get to it later. But best week ever for the Mets fans from Tuesday last week to Monday last night, uh, they had a blast. Yeah, I mean... Well, actually, actually, they lost some games in between, but... I mean, like, listen... No, they had, a, they had a blast Tuesday night and Monday night to close the week for them. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Mets, like, their fan base is sad. Um, I mean, if you want to celebrate as you're sitting there at, you know, what you're... I think they're at like 40 and 50 right now. You're 10 games under 500. You're, I hit their four and a half out of like a wild card spot because of these two wild cards. But like you're, you want to fire your manager. You hate your owners. Your closer <laughs> stinks. But hey, you didn't give up a home run to the Yankees. So like, congratulations. Hey, hey, take your wins when you could get them. I was saying it's the best week ever, but in that best week ever, I get an alert that uh, Brody Van Wagen is throwing chairs. Um, I get an alert that he's in the stands and I see the video that went viral of him doing a chant with the seven line. I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's better to have him in the stadium than on the couch calling the game. But uh, yeah, the New York mess, they, they figure it out, man. They, they have a new headline that I've never seen uh, literally every year. But this, this year, it's like every week. Like, you know, he's throwing chairs and he's rooting for the Mets in the stands with the seven line. I'm like, that's all cool, but it has nothing to do with winning baseball games. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind uh, watching a game with the seven line if it's like when you're in the position that he's in, going out there and doing that is really just so like, please, no one stab me on my way to my car. Like, look, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I was out here with you guys. You know, yeah, he was blending in. He was definitely blending in. But then not long after that, supposedly, and I didn't re even read the article. I get these alerts from bleacher report and they're they're comical the one where it's like you know brody van wagon and throws a chair after a meeting i'm like oh okay that's probably regular yeah, yeah. and then uh you know we'll get to it but th there was an alert last night after they you know celebrated the win of the um home run derby that said mets tickets 80 percent off the rest of the season <laughs> I was just like, wait that's okay. a real thing yeah after the after okay after alonzo won the home run derby last night the Mets put the tickets for the rest of the season on sale at like 80% off. And I got a bleacher report notification this morning confirming that. I obviously didn't look at their tickets. I didn't look at Mets.com, but it's just laughable. They they win the home run derby and it's Holy like, please shit, come this see is us. Real. I typed Mets <laughs> TIC and it's autofills Mets tickets, Pete Alonso. Yeah. So, so to celebrate the best week ever. And Pete Alonso stealing the home run derby from Vladdy Jr. Mets fans last night were treated to 80% off uh, tickets to get into City Field. I hope that was a boost for them. Um, like I said in past podcasts, I like the place. They got a great park, park but you're going to go there and watch the team lose. So, hey, if you spent your money last night to celebrate that, good for you. Um, I just don't understand what goes on over there in, in Flushing, Queens. How do you make... 
any money like that. I don't, <laughs> for the rest of the season, I could see if it's just like the, the next week of games, but they put the tickets for the rest of the season to 80%. You know there's some diehard Mets fans. Uh, it was Christmas for them. It was Black Friday, rather. Offer valid for all games from the 23rd until September 29th. Offer available in select seating categories. This offer runs... Through the twelfth. Oh, so you only you'd have to buy it by I don't even know what today's date is. So you've that's got like Friday. three days. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot of time. So you've got three <laughs> more days. You can go and get eighty percent. I mean, that's just an easy if you, well, yeah. you know if you like a, a team that's in another city or you know there's someone that you know you just want to see. You know, you round some people up and go out on a Friday night and get tanked. I mean, right. I, if you're gonna do this, just call up Tim Tebow. Just call Tim Tebow. Yeah, You'll at, sell at tickets. This point, it's a circus. Bring Tebow up. Um, I don't know anybody in their system that's, you know, besides Tebow that's supposed to come up, but it's done. It's like they're packing it in. Uh, 80% off tickets for the rest of the season. We don't play them anymore. Um, but I don't know. Say you're a fan of the Padres. You want to see Manny Machado. If they're coming, I don't know their schedule, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's like, okay, if you're in New York and you want to see a, a National League team in the second half that comes to City Field, now's your time. Go cop some tickets, eighty percent off, because Alonzo won the uh, won the home run derby, and it's like the Mets won the World Series. Jesus Christ, what an embarrassment! So the Yankees left that dumpster fire and headed down south to Keith's favorite stadium in all of professional sports, Tropicana Field, where so. I've been in, uh, obviously, I've been in Italy all week. So I didn't watch any of these games live because they start at, you know, God knows what time. I was actually waking up because I'm six hours ahead of the East Coast. So, like, if I woke up to go to the bathroom at, like, five in the morning with these East Coast games, I'd get, I got, like, the alerts for, like, a judge home run in extra innings. Yeah. I, I did watch these games, and it sucked because I think Friday and Saturday night, fourth of july weekend yeah we played them into extra innings and it was like damn can these games end already and we end up splitting and it's just like i don't know i can't stand to watch games on uh in tropicana anymore i think i tweeted something like why are we talking about catwalks a catwalk shouldn't be a phrase used in the baseball broadcast it's just like they embrace it they love it and then they're the raised twitter account i guess they think they're clever uh, they try and come up with things every day to, I don't know, troll or, you know, catch people's attention. And they're just corny. I like, I don't know. I wanted to sweep. I wanted us to bury them. And you didn't miss anything. Um, it was weird, though. We The first two games were 8-4, 8-4, same score. And I think they both went 11 innings or or definitely extra innings. The first game went 10 innings. The Yankees scored five. And it's weird when you see, like, the first day I see Yankees win 8-4, in 10 innings and it's like oh wow that's a lot of extra inning runs because normally you're just looking for like oh well you know we got one maybe we got two runs but like oh shit we scored five in the 10th and then the next day you see the same thing and i'm like this has yeah. to be some kind of glitch i'm on italian phone service maybe they messed <laughs> it up and it's like no it, holiday we, weekend yeah we score four runs in the 11th to go out there so those are good i mean Judge hits two home runs in that second game. So you want to see him kind of get going. I think a big story coming out of that is, and it stinks that the all-star break happened like when it did, but yep. Brett Gardner is getting yep. hot. And Brett Gardner hits home runs in bunches. You know, when he does, he'll he'll hit like four in a week. 
at, or you know five in a week and then not hit one for a while and then we want to get rid of them. So whenever it's like, oh, he's hitting home runs, you want that to keep going. But we go out, we win those first two games in extra innings. After the Friday game, the Rays tweet out, it took extra innings to beat us this time, which is, I, I get it, like, when you've got no fan base and no one comes to the games, you got to try to be creative. But like that is, I just, I really just don't know. Like what the fuck are you trying to do there? Like, what is that going to get people to come out? Be like, Oh, well we came close. No, they suck. I think they, their social media team is just going for that. It's like a gag now. It's like, like I said, they try to do anything to troll or catch people's attention. Um, they probably have like two or three young people uh, tweeting, whatever they could come up with. Like, um travis darnall walked us off and they're like oh travis is a new york legend after all and i'm like no that doesn't make any sense <laughs> i mean they have because as i look at it, they have 551,000 twitter followers the yankees have 3.4 million let's see what is like what do the marlins have like that's another shit team uh they've only got 336,000 i just think what like the florida uh, teams like their age, like the age range. I just feel like they're not on Twitter. Like their fans aren't on Twitter. The Reds have 1.1 million. The uh, Orioles have almost 800,000. I mean, the Padres only have 400,000, but they also stink. Um, it's just, I get it. You're trying to do something. You're trying to, to stand out. And maybe it's just a matter of like an individual who's like, if I can get these tweets off, maybe I'll get noticed by a real sports organization and get a job somewhere else yeah maybe someone's trying to add those tweets to their uh portfolio and say hey look what i did but it's just corny i'm like i think i tweeted i'm like yo do better this shit's trash what do you guys have the uh the summer interns working the july 4th weekend letting them tweet whatever they want like you know go crazy guys but uh off the twitter i do um, like i can't back to the game man i can't photoshop uh, at all but I do love when someone, uh, like someone recreated, they have like a banner for when they won like a wild card game and then made like almost beat the Yankees and photoshopped <laughs> that. That's always a good yeah, time. Yeah, those are always great. But uh, last two things I wanted to get in about that series, because I was drunk watching this whole series the whole weekend. Get it. Um, Aaron Hicks, hashtag Hicks Hive, beast. He almost brought us back to win that game. On uh, Saturday. That Chad, that Chad lost for us. Um, and then Guardy, do you think it's a coincidence or not that since Clint Frazier has been buried, Guardy is going off? And then Talkman actually played all right. Like he actually had some hits, played well, and Guardy just was going off. And I'm like, I don't know. Even even seeing Guardy this past weekend, I'm like, I know he's on a one year deal, but he might be trying to run it back next year for another one year deal. He's not done. He knows this team uh, is World Series bound. He knows that, hey, you know. He's got to try and play his best to stick around, and he's getting his opportunities. John Carlos Stanton is hurt. Clint Frazier buried himself. Guardy is playing very well, and I'm not mad at it. Even thinking about getting a number 11 jersey because I just like his style. He's crushing, and he's playing hard. And in the beginning of the season, Clint Frazier said he was taking his job. And at the halfway point of the season, look what we have here. I think it's one of those things. Like I, I don't know, and it could be like, hey, you know, Clint's not here. And they're talking about trading him. Like, let me step up so there's no doubts about it. But yeah. I just think it goes back to, like, just being a veteran. Like, Gardner's been around for so long, and he knows the the ins and outs of a season and how long a season is and that you can't let a bad week 
or a, you know a bad month ruin your season you've got to go out there every you know every single at bat is totally independent make the most out of it and i feel like he's definitely doing that and i was actually i forgot i was driving somewhere i think i was talking to my wife about it and you know cuz she's asking like what's up with clint and um i said you know i wonder with brett gardner he's on a seven and a half million dollar um uh deal and the team you know had turned down his 12 and a half million dollar year and there was a buyout with that and everything but if the season ends and let's say the yankees win the world series and you're brett gardner does brett gardner just retire if the yankees are like listen you know you've been great there's just not there's not a spot for you right now and he'll he'll be 36 at the time and do you just ride off into the sunset saying like, hey, I, you know, I came up in 2008. I played 11 years. I won two World Series. I've made a solid amount of money. And I'm pulling up how much money he's actually made in his career. It's uh, $72 million. But is it like if someone just calls you and goes, yeah, we'll give you $7 million. Come here to Cleveland or somewhere like that. Like, do you tarnish kind of that? I was always a Yankee legacy to you know, turned down like millions of dollars over probably another, you know, he could probably play another two years making millions yeah. of dollars. I don't know. That's a tough call. That That's a lot of personal things. I think if the Yankees win the World Series this year, which, you know, I'm planning on, he rides off into the sunset. But if you look at his power numbers, you know, he's already, you know, beat his total from last year. So that means he's going to crush his total from last year and a team could call uh could come calling and put the money on the table where whether we win the world series or not whether we re-sign him or not you know he looks at it like hey i can play still i'm gonna try and run out there for another year like i'm, like I'm saying just watching him now i'm like you know he's got at least another year maybe two whether it's with us or not i think Gardy's such a competitor and a veteran he's got a chip on his shoulder like he's gonna want to play um i think john boyd tweeted something about since he busted his lip i think that was in like Cleveland if you look at his numbers since the like stitches in his lip with like not numbing for the pain it must have did something to him because he's mashing like I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head but since that moment every time we've seen Gardner in a game he's crushing and it's not just at the at the plate it's with his glove too and on the base pads I'm I'm very pleased with number 11 for the New York Yankees I mean I think if he if it's any other team besides the Yankees right you put him on pretty much any other team in baseball maybe except for like the red Sox or like the elite teams and you say halfway through the season you got a guy who's played in 84 games uh you know 285 at bats and he's batting around 250 15 home runs 41 rbis and he's walked 33 times he's not striking out a lot and he's playing amazing defense I mean, you take you take that deal any day of the week. There's always yeah. like that that microscope and the lights are brighter in New York. And we expect, you know, if you get out once, everyone hates you. So, you know, there, there's that higher expectation. But Gardner's having a great season. And I think he finished up the first half strong. I think giving the Yankees, especially with Stanton now possibly out until August, the confidence to say we're we're making the right move here by exploring trades involving Clint Frazier. Yeah, and um, I mean, I love it, man. Uh, another thing I saw was that people were comparing his numbers to Mookie Betts, who's an all-star. MVP. <laughs> He's like, the MVP. The former MVP, last year's MVP, an all-star, and his numbers are not better than Brett Gardner's right now. So exactly. think about it. And what's he making, like $25 million? 
oh, I mean, he's I mean, he's about to hit free agency. We'll see what his next check looks like. But if we're looking at numbers and we're looking at, you know, guys, uh, I'm taking Brett Gardner. Yeah. And Mookie Betts is making $20 million this year, thanks to arbitration. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think when you go out there and then you look at, you know, like the Sunday game, we lost 2-1. Um, Paxton, I mean, I was back in America, so I was able to actually watch that game. Paxton goes out. He gives up a, yeah, a pitched, couple he, runs yeah, early. Well. And then he, but he gives us a quality start, you know, six innings, gives up the two runs and the offense just wasn't there. And I think part of that was maybe guys after going all the way to London and back and everything extra with that. And for some of these guys, they've got extra shit going on for the all-star game guys who aren't going to the all-star game that have to do like media day and stuff like that. A lot of times they try to get away for a couple of days. They go somewhere in the Caribbean or or something just for a quick vacation with their family in the middle of, of the summer. And, you know, the offense just doesn't show up. You know, we we had Charlie Morton. He's, you know, he's a great pitcher. He's got a 2-3 ERA's 10-2 record. He goes out there. He makes us kind of look foolish and uh, for a little bit. And then their bullpen just held it. So it, it's one of those games where you can't really get mad at it. When you saw the um, the lineup, and we've got, like, Valera coming up and, you know, getting called up and getting <laughs> his first start. You do kind of yeah. go like, what the fuck are we doing out here? But, punt. you know, yeah, it, it's almost it's like, ah, we'll punt. We'll see. Maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll muff the punt and we'll recover it. And they just did not I, I was fine with that. I like I barely watched that game, but the little bit I did see, I saw Paxton pitch well. And it, it was a punt game Um, when you rest DJ LeMahieu, DJ LeMahieu, Gary Sant- Sanchez and Glaber Torres on the same day. Wow, I couldn't I could barely get all three names out. Um. You rest those three guys before All-Star, you know, the lineup, that's almost like chopping the lineup in half. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, I was watching the game, I put it on, and my wife was like, you know, she wanted to watch something else, because we had just been to London for games and whatever, and I had it on the TV, and she was like, does this game matter? And I just said, well, not to Aaron Boone. So I just I threw it on I threw it on the laptop <laughs> yeah. and watch her. That's watch that's what the that's what all the Yankee fans are saying. Like we gotta we gotta put these guys away. You know they're the closest to us in the division. And I'm just like it's Sunday and it's the Sunday to end a Fourth of July weekend. Guys are going to All Star. The rest of the guys are tired from London. I'm still tired from London. I'm like it doesn't matter. It's one game and we have more games to play against these guys. It's all good. So now we head into the All Star break. We're 57 and 31. We have a six and a half game lead on the uh, on the Rays, nine game lead on the Red Sox. Uh, Toronto is 24 and a half back. Baltimore is 30 and a half back. Um, I mean, the Yankees are really, you know, they're running away with things right now. Um, you know, halfway through the season to be at six and a half games back when we had the injuries that we've had. I mean, we have had. Aaron Judge out most of the season. Giancarlo Stanton, I don't even know if he's real anymore. We have seen Aaron Hicks start the season on the DL. We miss Didi. I feel like Didi, every once in a while in a game, he makes a good play. He's gotten some, you know, some nice hits. He's hit some home runs. But like he hasn't found his rhythm yet. And that's a guy who's played a huge role for us in the past. So he hasn't found his rhythm. We had Greg Bird start opening day. He's dead now. Luke Voigt came in. He's had a little bit of an injury. We've made some trades. We've had, you know, Tanaka at times not look great. We haven't seen Sevi. We haven't seen Batances. To be in the position that we're in, and we're still looking to upgrade by trades, it's it's almost like we are going to 
have a we're going to make a trade deadline deal for a pitcher. Then we're going to essentially make another one to get Sevy back, another bullpen arm with Betances and a former NL MVP all for the price of one trade deal. For where we are, I love it because again, I still I'm not that worried about the Rays uh in general as the season goes on. It gets tougher, it gets longer. They have a lot of young guys on that team. I just see us cruising, cruising to a division. How could you not? That's a great first half from a team that was, I don't know, how many different guys played? I don't know, 20 different guys we saw between the injuries. I think it was like 20. I think we've had 21 guys on the DL. Yeah, that's rough. And for us to not just CeCe started on the DL with like a heart attack. Like (laughs) CeCe Sabathia, we forget that. CeCe Sabathia started with like a heart attack and then, like, yeah. had a knee injury. Yeah, we. I think we forget about all these injuries because of all of the wins, right? If we sucked, everyone would be talking about, oh, well, Hicks was hurt, and Didi came back late. We just had the, like, greatest luck in baseball history where, you know, a guy that we made a move on, like DJ LeMahieu, is MVP candidate worthy. No one saw that coming. Guys like Gio Urshela, look better than the plan we had at third base. It's just like for that first half to uh, have happened the way it happened, you have to be optimistic. You have to have all the confidence in the world because we know our front office is going to do their job. We know they're going to put the guys in place, make the trades and the moves to make sure that, you know, we get the pitching and we're ready to make a, a second half push for the world series. And I'm cool with it record wise, how many games we are ahead, our health, um, I think we're we're looking real solid for the next two months coming back after All-Star break to push into September, October. So when we did our first episode, and I didn't go back and listen to confirm our numbers, um, I forget what it was. Like You said the Yankees were going to win the division by winning like 43 games. Like You had some low number. I think it was like 90 or like 92. With 74 games left to play, and we've won 57. How many games do you now think, seeing how this team, and that was before the injuries, now seeing how they've overcome, how we've had guys like Gio Urshela come out of fucking nowhere and contribute. Uh, how many wins do you think we finished the season with? I'm going to say over 100. Um, I'm in the same know, I boat. I, gotta, I think I got to put a number on it. I'll say 103. I, I'm at like um, 101, 102, because one thing I did say at the beginning of the year was we won 100 games last year. Then we didn't get Manny Machado. We didn't get Bryce Harper. We didn't necessarily make a huge pitching splash like we wanted to. And in order to for everyone to be happy, one, obviously, you got to win the World Series. Your Yankee fans are never happy. But re- realistically, as a level-headed Yankee fan, you have to go out and win more than 100 games. Otherwise, Brian Cashman did a bad job. And they're on pace to go out there and do that. And it looks like they're only going to get you know get better and get stronger. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to put it at 103. Uh, we'll have a better um, win total than we did in 2018. Um, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to bet against these guys. That's why the last podcast I was saying, man, Annie up, put your chips in. It's World Series or bust. After you defeat the challenges of in- injuries and you know even the working around our pitching, using openers and you know guys like Domingo being our ace, and then he drops and we still fight and we still win. I don't know what's stopping us. We're looking like a juggernaut out here. Um, we're a force to be reckoned with. So if we stay relatively healthy 
and we acquire a couple more pieces, um, I think we steamroll everyone. And I, I, like I said, everyone knows this. The whole league knows this. Every team we play knows this. We're the New York Yankees. We're going to the World Series. Get down or lay down. And I don't see anything stopping us. So when you look at us getting better, um, obviously it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, obviously we need pitching. And it's so tough to say that when we have the best record in the league of like, oh, yeah, obviously we need to get better. But when, you know, when we look at the trade market and there has been talk all year of like Bumgarner, then there was Scherzer, who the Nationals cannot trade. Um, you know, we've talked about Marcus Stroman, who's gone out there and he's a fighter. There's Boyd, who people are talking about. We're talking about Bauer. Um, in my opinion of now kind of looking at who's out there, I would like to see, and this was a question that came in from at code AK22 on Twitter. Who would you trade for this actually on the trade market? And who would you give up to get that person? And I think I, of all the players out there who are possibly available, I think I want Trevor Bauer. Um, he's a weird dude. Um, he is under control for next year. He prides himself in winning in arbitration. So hopefully if the Yankees can get him, they could just come to an agreement and not have to go to arbitration because it makes things ugly. And like he enjoys it because he's a weird guy, but he's a really good pitcher. Um, he said that he's just going to sign one-year contracts when he hits free agency. So you're not, you don't really have too much of an advantage in terms of you know locking him up for forever. He's a California guy, so there's no, and he trains in Seattle, so there's no like loyalty to the East Coast. Really, nothing beyond this year and next year that's really in our favor to keep him. But I think if you put together a package with Clint Frazier as a centerpiece. Going back to Cleveland, I think Cleveland knows him. They're familiar with him. They obviously drafted him. Um, they made moves to try to win a World Series, and they went to extra innings in Game 7. So it's tough to say that that trade was a bad trade for them. I think for them to get him back, him to be able to play every day as they're talking about rebuilding um, and and really trying to figure out what is the next phase in you know some of the core pieces they have, but getting rid of some of the older guys. And Trevor Bauer is never going to stay in Cleveland because he's gotten in fights with them year after year and has said that he's going to go somewhere else. I think he's a weird guy. I think it'd be possibly a weird fit in New York. Uh, the Yankees may have some rules that he doesn't like. I don't think it's going to be as bad as Clint trying to adapt to the Yankees rules, but I think Trevor Bauer is a guy that you can bring him in there and you win a fucking World Series. He's going to be excited, um, and I think if with the opportunity to do it, it'll conform. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you like Trevor Bauer or, or is there anyone else out in the market that you think the Yankees should go for? Uh, both. I like Bauer. He's, uh, you know, he's got a great digital presence. He does like YouTube. I think he's, he's got momentum. Uh, yeah, he's got the YouTube going they, on. They follow us. On Instagram. They follow us on Instagram. And, um, word. Yeah. So exactly. If they're listening to this, good job. Um, if you come to New York, that's only going to amplify, only going to increase your followers, only going to be seen by more people. Um, he is a little bit of a wild card, but I think his personality would fit great on this team. You know, we have a lot of characters on the team already. I think he'll he'll fit right in. If we can get him, and it's a thing where we're sending Clint back to Cleveland, maybe that's the writing on the wall. Uh, I'm fine with that. Outside of getting Bauer, which I really hope that's my that's my number one, Marcus Stroman would be my number two. Um, he's a New York guy. Everyone in the media, I haven't seen the media day from All-Star, but I'm sure they asked him. 
what are you thinking about New York? Because he, you know, he was tweeting about the Nets. Oh, Brooklyn's going to be lit this year. Something like that he tweeted when uh, the news broke about the Nets. And it's like, damn, this guy's trying so hard to get the New York Yankees' attention. He's trying so hard to, you know, tweet stuff. Like uh, when he when the Blue Jays came here, he's like, can't wait to go home to New York or like see family in New York. And it's just like, all right, you know, this guy definitely wants to get down. Um, when they asked him the questions, he's not shying away from them. He's not saying, yes, I want to be a Yankee, but he's not saying anything about definitely wanting to stay in Toronto. So for me, it's Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman second, and we'll see what happens. Absolutely no fucking way, Madison Bumgarner. But I saw somewhere that the Astros were looking at Bumgarner. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, um, you know, they have the Astros have kind of a weird situation where they have all the starting pitching, but the only person still under contract after this year is Verlander. So it's like, well, maybe we can, you know, bring someone in who's going to, um, you know, stick around for at least another year. Maybe that helps resign Garrett Cole. It'd be interesting with Cole as a free agent and his like ties to the Yankees uh, over the years of one being drafted by us. And then also, you know, pretty much openly saying he wants to be a Yankee, grew up a Yankee fan. My only thing with Stroman is I'm just so worried about Clint having like having to face clint because i think his bat for i think he's gonna be a great major league baseball player for a long time to come uh whether he's an all-star once a billion times whatever it is whether he wins an mvp award i don't know but i think he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder for the rest of his career every time he sees the yankees come to town or he goes to yankee stadium uh and that's just a narrative that i kind of want to stay away from trading in the division is tough but I'd be fine with for a talent like Stroman and not just a talent, but an attitude, a fire and, you know, just a desire to go out there and win. And, you know, when he tore his ACL, he came back before that season was over to be able to contribute. Um, I think that's the kind of guy you want. Now, one thing I don't want to see the Yankees do is go out and get a guy like Boyd, who it's like, oh, well, he's got good number. I want and I know this is the this is a bit of the 90s Yankee fan in me. I know there are numbers that say that like a guy like him is a great player. I am a Bronx, New York Yankees fan, grew up in the 90s where we go out and we get Cecil Fielder. We go out and we get Roger Clemens. We go out there and we make deals to put our nuts on the table and go out yeah. there and win a World Series. And that's kind of what I want. Like The way the Astros went out and got Verlander and won the World Series, I want to add someone to this rotation who's going to go out there, take the ball every five days, and shove it down someone's throat. And I want that yeah, to be a like big a name. Bona fide, a bona fide starter, uh, possibly with postseason experience. Bauer has that over. I don't know if Stroman pitched in a postseason. I think he did, but like not as much as, as Bauer. Um, we want a guy that just ups the ante even more. We're already World Series or bust. We get a, a guy like Bauer, and it's like, damn, the Yankees really got it now. Yeah. So I, I'm glad we're on the same page. I just, I'd like to see them. It's going to be an interesting like couple weeks because we come out of this, uh, you know, we come out of the break and it's, you know, two and a half weeks and, you know, it, it's time to make a deal. And I think the prices for players are going to are going to drop a little bit as we get closer to the deadline. Um, you know, there is the the whole idea of with two wild card spots, more teams are in play than, you know, kind of ever before. But I, I think teams are starting to figure out who they are. And they know that, listen, we're we're either in this or we're not. I heard the uh, guy who owns the Giants was like, maybe we should be buyers. We're only five and a half games out of a wild card. 
which is very true. But the problem is there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You'd have to pass eight teams to make up that five and a half games. <laughs> yeah, and you're not beating any of those teams in the postseason. <laughs> exactly. So maybe teams are starting to realize that the excitement, and especially when you're a team like the Giants, who's recently won, um, you know, World Series, or, you know, you're a team like Toronto, who's gone through rebuilds, gotten close, and, you know, you're 17 and a half games out, you're going to make deals. Some of those fringe teams are going to realize, listen, our season's over, let's start to look at the future, and, uh, you know, let's help the Yankees get their 28th world championship. Um, so, oh, and I meant to say that when we talked about the uh, the wins, that was at Big Cliff 1903 on Twitter who asked us that. I want to give everyone their shout out. Uh, My man Clive, Big Clive, out in Scotland, Dundee. He'll be at our August 31st Bronx Pinstripes event. Buy tickets to that. I think it's Labor Day weekend. Should be a good time. We got, I, I've seen some chatter on uh, Twitter. A, big, a couple of guys from that we met in the UK are coming over for those series. So that would yeah. be interesting to uh, to regroup with them and show them a little hospitality because they took such good care of us over there. Oh, yeah, running back. We'll have a little mini UK reunion. And, uh, you know, we told them over there, and we're telling you listening to this podcast, you're not going to have more fun at a Yankee game than you will coming with us. I mean, not to toot our own horn, but I've been to a bunch of Yankee games. I've been to games by myself. I've been with friends, family, the BP crew events are the craziest games, the most fun games, and uh, atmosphere that you can only get when you come to these events. I have so much stuff planned for this next one on the 20th. <laughs> I have so many things planned. Can't wait to see. I have I'll have the camera. So much planned. Um, so let's kind of you know wrap up talking about the first half. Uh, who is your MVP for the Yankees so far this season? Hashtag DJLMVP. And I've said it so many times. I think I at the last BP uh, crew event, I tried to chant MVP, MVP. And I'm like, OK, I guess it's too early for you guys. But like this guy is ridiculous coming back from what he did in London. And I mean, I hope he balls out in the All-Star game tonight. Um, that's my MVP. I love the fact that we made the move to get him and everyone cried. Oh, now we're definitely not getting Manny Machado. Good. We don't need Manny Machado. This guy's better than Manny Machado. I have a feeling. He can play all over the field. He can hit the ball all over the field. And he's auto. He's a machine. That's my MVP. I have a feeling there will be uh, some MVP chance on July 20th for DJ LeMayhew. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's really tough to, to say anyone else. I mean, the only other guy who even comes close, and it's kind of weird to even, like, say his name because you don't think about it, is, like, Gio Urshela. He's played 72 games. He's hitting 304. He's playing yeah. gold glove defense. He's sneaky, got seven home runs. You know, Glaber's up there as well. He's got 19 home runs. But DJ LeMay, Honorable he, mention, Gary Sanchez. Because, you know, that was think about how many people. Say. Yeah. People hate on Gary. They call him fat. They call him lazy. They talk about his defense behind the plate. Last year, he had a down year. People were talking about fucking trading him, which is ridiculous. Um, I got to put Gary Sanchez in an honorable mention for Yankees MVP. He, his throws to second, his defense behind the plate, and then obviously carrying that heavy bat and hitting bombs late in the game when we need him. Um, Gary's definitely had some moments this year that are MVP caliber. I watched that documentary that you mentioned, Pelotero. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was thinking, like, as I was watching it, I was like, all right, so this is 2009, and it's, you know, Miguel Sano and another guy who never made it to the big leagues. Um, and it's focused on him. And then at one point, 
one of the scouts, I think it was a scout from the twins. It might've been from the pirates says to one of the, like the trainers there, like the, 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 like kind of scummy trainer agent guy says, there's only two real baseball players in this year. And Gary Sanchez isn't talking to anyone. <laughs> All right. Gary Sanchez was already wearing Yankee stuff. They had, I think they had a picture in the documentary of Gary when Sanchez. He, signing, he already yeah. had a Yankees, like, you know, like Trenton Thunder, maybe, or yeah. I don't even remember because I haven't watched it in a while. But yeah, the Yankees locked Gary up a while ago. Yeah. And so, I mean, again, like there are so many guys who've made so, you know, great contributions to this team, but DJ LeMayhew to do it from, you know, he's a starting second baseman in the All Star game. He's not the starting, he has no starting position on this team. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, I mean, I guess like if, if the World Series was tomorrow, he'd be the starting third baseman. But, um, who knows? Like he could be starting at first base. Like you, you never know. And I've said it with like the, some of the injuries we've had, especially if we're going to trade Clint and it seems like Clint's time, you know, in the big leagues with us is over. Like we can't be that far away. If you know, there's another injury from, Oh, did you see DJ was taking fly balls, you know, before the game? Cause the guy can do anything. <laughs> he just goes yeah. out there and plays, which, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of refreshing from, a team that has had so many superstars over the years. And even like we still do. I mean, Aaron Judge is the face of baseball. Gary Sanchez is a superstar. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton's a superstar. And then you just have a guy out there who's just raking and doing his thing. Uh, just like kind of a quiet guy. Yeah. And I'd much rather have him as our like utility infielder than let's say like Neil Walker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I'd much rather have uh, DJ LeMayhew in there than Neil Walker. So on the, you know, defensive side of things or, you know, the pitching side of things in terms of, you know, who is our who's our Cy Young for this year? I think none of us really expected it, but it's kind of got to be Domingo Herman. I mean, he's been so good this year. I mean, he's pitching to just over a one whip. Uh, His you know, he's had a couple rough games where he's been, you know, he's got a three, six, almost a three, seven ERA. But he's working fast. He's staying within like what he does and how he how he pitches. It's a little bit of a shame that he didn't get that nod to be an all star over Tanaka. I know Tanaka has obviously pitched more innings, um, but his ERAs, you know, a little less. Um, he's only started four more games for him. But you know, Domingo Herman. Uh, hopefully, we can make a trade and you know find a way where he can still go out there and pitch because he's at 76 innings. I think the most he's ever thrown is 84 kind of with the break he's had and he's had to go out there and he had to have a rehab start. So those are also innings that he's thrown. Um, you know, I would like to see him get, be able to get to like 120 innings by, you know, moving out to the bullpen. Uh, you know, there's a, a case again, you know, for Tanaka, there's a case a little bit for a guy like, you know, for Chapman or even Adovino, but I think from, uh, I'm going to stand up and do something. It's very similar to DJ LeMayhew. I'm going to come out there and I'm going to do exactly what I am not expected to do. I'm going to put this team on my back at times. I think right now our our ace is Domingo Herman. Yeah, man. I got to agree with that. What a pleasant surprise Mingo has been. You know, with the spring training news we got with Seve going down. We were all kind of worried, and I didn't look at Mingo as a potential Seve replacement, but he came in and did the job almost as well, if not better, than we could have expected Seve to do to start the season. So the future is bright for that kid. I'm super pumped for him. I'm super pumped for us to have him. We just talked about his innings limit. I can't wait till you know he really is 
you know, a veteran and has seen some things. And, you know, this year, a lot of the things you hear around him is just he, he believes in himself. He believes he can do this. So this is just year one of confidence. You know, think about yourself the first year you do anything, the first year you start a job, the first year you pick up a skill or hobby. That first year, it's rough. But then after you get that first year out of the way, you're cruising. So, yeah, I'll put uh, I'll put another vote for Mingo as our Cy Young this year. And, you know, we'll see what he's like in the years to come. What, good to have him. What's been your biggest disappointment on the Yankees season so far? Biggest disappointment on the Yankees season so far. I mean, I guess I could I could say the injuries, but that I don't know. Let me let me think deeper on that. Do you have one in your head? I would say the injuries because you know that was kind of rough. It's like, damn, another guy, but we we more than survived that. Biggest I mean biggest disappointment. I, I think my biggest disappointment has been obviously I mean, I think an overarching thing is the injuries. I mean, the injuries no one's happy about, but that's kind of like out of out of like actual control like injuries just happen yeah. so i'm not gonna really count that i think my biggest disappointment i know we've talked about a lot has been the way things have gone down with clint frazier because as the team yeah as this team has come so far together and gotten so close to each other and you know you hear the players talk about you know even in tampa i think sanchez hit a home run and luke voigt's in the dugout going nuts with a strained abdomen um you know th these guys are building such a um you know, such a camaraderie, such a chemistry, and the way that he got the opportunity through the injuries and it didn't work out, part of it being attitude, part of it being, you know, him just not conforming to what the the team wanted. Um, I wish that would have been handled better. I think even if it was handled better, it would give us better leverage when it comes to trade discussions. So that, for me, has been my biggest disappointment because, you know, a couple of years ago, my biggest disappointment was the way Batances went to arbitration and that didn't work out. I like to see everybody rolling the same way, you know, management, the players, everyone going in the same direction. And that really felt like a bump on the road that even like we've had to talk about it so much. And, you know, that's yeah. been a big disappointment to me. I'll piggyback off of that because Clint, man, I don't know. I was a huge Clint fan. I still am a fan of the kid, but I love what he did with the sneakers. He made a lot of noise, not just in baseball. You talk about growing the game. He's growing. He was growing the game by himself by taking these popular sneakers and putting cleats on them. He's getting people to watch the Yankee games or check out Yankee games just to see what cleats he was going to wear. That's something we've never seen. And I wish he could have just packaged that together with his play, hitting the ball, and better defense and knowing what to say with the media and, I don't know, when to always talk to the media. That that was a big disappointment because I did look at him as a part of this team this year and the future, and that's not really the case anymore. Um, the last disappointment I'll throw out there is, is the bullpen, which they have been good. But going into this season, they were billed as the best bullpen of all time, the best bullpen in baseball. And, you know, when you see a guy like Chad Green – come in and get walked off uh, a Saturday or, you know, you see guys like Canely explode. I forget what series that was where Canely just gave it all up. And maybe I think it was the Indians. Um, I don't know. You just want the bullpen to be a little tighter. Bigger disappointment was Clint Frazier, but right under that, the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, the bullpen's kind of, it, it goes in like waves. You know, there are some times where it's like none of our starters can get out of the fourth inning and Jonathan Holder. Yeah. And, and we're just, we're guy. mowing guys down. And then there's other times where it's like, oh, we went out there. We got seven innings of, you know, two run ball. We're up five, two. And the bullpen just, you know, pisses down their leg. 
So I'm totally with you on that as being another disappointment at times. And there's even talk out there as, as we talk about possible trades with Toronto of trying to get Strowman. There's talk of, well, do we try to get Strowman and Giles and just add another arm to this? Giles, yeah. On top of Batantis, you know, hopefully coming back. And speaking of Batantis, let's talk a little injury updates. Um, it's actually funny because in the the document that we share where I put stuff in, the thing I wrote said speaking of the thing I put in there says speaking of Batantis, and I didn't actually yeah. plan that. Um, so <laughs> Batantis is uh still out with his right shoulder inflammation and a lat strain. Um, he's not gonna begin throwing like too soon. The hope is maybe to have him back by mid-August. I do think you hit a point as you start to look at like possible trades of well, now we're talking mid-August. Mid-August can turn into early September. And then at that point, like, how much can you actually contribute? Maybe he comes in and he's just a fresh arm for the second half, but I think it's something the Yankees have to look at. At the same time, we also have um, Severino. We've still not seen him. Uh, he's been out with a grade two latch strain. Aaron Boone has said Sevi is getting close to throwing. He might be slightly ahead of Batances. Possibly this time next week, he can start playing catch again. Obviously, he did start playing catch and, and was shut down. Um, they want to get, We want to get them both back. Uh, but Boone said he's going to stop guessing on when they're going to come back because, really, they have a chance to be real factors for us. But when you get it wrong, and it's not even really him getting it wrong because they just keep running into hiccups, like how many times are you going to put something out there? And then also, Giancarlo Stanton has dealt with a myriad of injuries this season. Uh, most recent being uh, keeping him on the shelf is a right knee sprain. They hope to get him back in late July, but the way season's gone, you've at this point, you just have to make sure he's 100% before you bring him back. Uh, getting those guys back would be great. There's some talk that Bird could be out for the season, but nobody gives a flying fuck about that guy. Um, <laughs> and really, it just comes down to these three guys. Like, this is what we're worried about. I mean, Troy Tulowitzki is dead, uh, Greg Bird's dead. Uh, you know, we, we've moved on from those guys, and now it's just a matter of maybe we could package Tula Whitsky up in a deal, send him back no to Toronto. <laughs> send him <laughs> no back to Toronto. They're already paying him. They don't want him either. They don't want him either. But, yo, this is a perfect time to throw another Twitter uh, question out there from uh, Kurt9631. He writes, Jacoby and Bird get into a fight. Who you got? And this is assuming that is not canceled due to injury. Who would you pick between injured Jacoby injured greg uh i can't even picture the greg bird versus jacoby ellsbury fight birds got him i got ellsbury i got ellsbury i'm taking bird i'm taking bird just because he's got him in size and height i hope this is i don't think either one of these guys they don't throw hands no, they're not gonna fight i hope this isn't like racist in any way but i think ellsbury's got some like native american like witch doctor or like he'll poke <laughs> you in the eye like i think he does like deep down like he's a fighter I think Greg and what nationality is Greg Bird? He's just white, a regular white just, dude. Just regular white. <laughs> just straight up and down white dude. <laughs> yeah, just he's gotta use some brute strength. Exactly. Like I forget and like deploy his skinless cat. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he uses his nails. I could see Greg Bird <laughs> scratching in a fight. Like just Greg Bird just has like a stare and like I don't know, what are what are Pokemon birds? He's got like the Pidgeotto like wind. He's he can like throw some wind at you and greg birds it, it was born in memphis and grew up in colorado i'm just no i'm going native american like i'm just going let's i mean maybe um oh man i forget because i haven't been a kid in forever but like i remember it was like a thing when you were learning about like native american history and like elementary school they'd bring in like oh here's like a, a like a spearhead made out of rock like i feel like 
maybe Ellsbury Toby keeps one of those like those. like yeah like maybe in his wallet or maybe he's got it in his cheek like like a Dominican guy ready to fight in a nightclub he'll just spit it in his hand and slash your face. Yeah, he's he's deceptive. He's probably sneaky. He can uh, he pulled off all those catcher interference. He probably can like hit you without you even knowing. Jacob, I, I don't know. I think Bird's got the size on him, but Jacoby will put a, a good fight up. Yeah, so I got I got Elsberry in that one. So what else we got? Well, it is the All Star break, so I guess we do have to talk a little bit about the All Star game. Um, the All Star games tonight. We're recording this on uh, on Tuesday evening. Last night was the home run derby. Big numbers. Vlad Guerrero hits 91 home runs and loses. Pete Alonso's doofy ass hits 57 home runs and wins. Uh, some people complain that Pete Alonso was too excited when he did it. One thing I will say is when you've got rookies going like this, um, yeah. th- there is money on the line now. So Pete Alonso is making the league minimum $550,000 about, and he wins a million dollars. So now he's just like tripled what he's making for the year. Vlad Jr., just got called up recently, only has eight home runs. It's now pretty much more than because he isn't making a full season salary. He's more than doubled what he's going to make this year. And that one uh, in that one day, everyone else gets $150,000. Loved the home run derby when I was a kid. I don't give a fuck about it now. I, I realized <laughs> last night, like, I just don't care. Like, when they changed the format and Todd Frazier hit, like, that buzzer beater, like, that was cool. Yesterday, there was a swing off. And, like, I guess it's kind of cool. And that was cool. Yeah. And Bryce Harper was cool. No, but like you've got Major League Baseball players. The best Major League Baseball players are hitting 60 mile an hour grooved pitches. Now, Aaron Judge was super cool. I don't know. No, I think I'm like. You didn't like that? I I think I'm just getting old. I think I'm just getting old. I think it's just old. I think it's better, man. They improved it. Putting a clock, there's no clock in baseball. You put the clock in the home run derby, it just ramps everything up. And then we saw three overtimes last night. I like, I thought it was done. I, I stopped watching. Once I saw Vladdy Jr. put the numbers, I'm like, this kid's ridiculous. This fat baby can mash. He's going to put up 29, 30 every round. I stopped watching for a little bit, and then I came back to see Alonzo win it. And it's like, what the fuck? You can't be excited. These are young guys. He just won a milli off of swinging like BP hitting bombs, like, come on, be excited. Let these, let these young guys enjoy it. And I like that every year there's new people in it. Every year there's new young guys that we want to see in it. I, I picked Josh Bell to win it. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I really was just like, okay, he's a big dude. He's, you know, he's got power. And this thing is like, you know, you got to have the endurance, the stamina to get through. And that's why I didn't pick Vladdy Jr. I'm like, I don't know. He he's got too many cheeseburgers under his belt. There's no way he's going to be able to to last. He set the record for the most home runs in a derby and the most in a round, but got snaked at the end by Alonzo and everyone was comparing it to um you know, uh, Hamilton versus Morneau when Hamilton put on the show but Morneau stole it. I I think it's great. I love the home run derby now. I mean, I've always loved it, but like now it's just like a little bit more better for TV, if that makes any sense, like I tweeted about the graphics. The graphics were shit. I don't know why they had so many blocky squares around the, you know, split screen. Like, I'd rather just see, you know, a split screen of the batter and the guy throwing to him and then where the ball lands and not all this extra stuff, you know. I think they... I don't know, that ESPN tried to, like, color it with. I think they've gone with that, um, like, trying to show everything so they didn't have to go to commercials as much because I do remember home run derbies going, like, 
very, very long. Late and in the yeah, night. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, it was late last night. I mean, what time did it start? Eight, eight. And it ended at like 11? Yeah. But it's gone to like midnight. And I think it's good. Like, you get the young players to go out there and make money. I do like that there's money on the line. Maybe if they talk like a little bit more about that. I would like to see them find a way where like a guy goes out there and he hits almost twice as many home runs and doesn't win. It's yeah. like, I guess it's a format. Nothing's perfect in any sport. I do remember, like, I loved it when I think it was like 98 when Griffey won that there was like, is he going to, is he going to participate? Is he not? Yeah. And then he just like, you know, it wasn't said in advance. There wasn't as much media. There wasn't social media so that we know all in advance. But then like Griffey showed up backwards hat and he's like, I'm in and goes out there and wins it. Like that was kind of exciting for me. I think it's just partially just, you know, me being just being old that I don't I don't necessarily care that much. And yeah, I, you know, I watch a lot of baseball, but it's good baseball, for kids. Ba- exactly. Baseball wants the younger audience. This is great for kids. Like you said, it's like a buzzer beater. All these young kids love basketball. So the clock gives it that whole thing. And I mean, I wish Yelich wasn't hurt because I want to see Yelich in it. Uh, I don't think he'll win it, but I want to see what he looks like in it. And it's just got that dynamic. It's got one of the main things that baseball tries to sell the like father and son relationship. You know, Yelich doesn't compete, but a guy like Matt Chapman gets slotted in. And now he, you know, he didn't know three days ago he was going to be in it, but they got him in it and he's sending pictures and they're able to flash the picture of like his dad coaching him when he's a kid and then his dad throwing to him in the home run derby. So it gets that like touchy feely, that awe factor like, oh, look at this. This is great. You know, he grew up with his dad pitching to him, teaching him how to play baseball. And now he gets to bring his dad out to the uh, home run derby stage to pitch you know, to him. That's great. So I think Major League Baseball did the right things with, you know, making it a bracket, adding the clock and even the like bonus for how far you hit one. If you hit one, that's a bomb. You should get it, get some extra time for that. I do like that. Vladdy hit one off the scoreboard that like really made me like, okay, now I'm turning the TV up and watching this. This is good TV. This kid just put one off the scoreboard deep and he put on a show. At the same, I loved it. At the same time, I'm really happy no Yankees were in it. Yeah, how do you think Luke Voigt would have fared? You think Luke Voigt would have won it? You think he would have been able to? Nah, I think, it, see, everything happens for a reason, man. He was on R2C2, uh, CC Sabathia's podcast. I'm sure you guys know. And he said, like, he wants to be in the All-Star game bad, and he wants to be in the Home Run Derby. Goes to London. He's like four for four, couple singles, couple doubles, strains his, strains his abdomen. Now that's all done. No All-Star game, no Derby. But... He'll probably be ready to go in the second half and his swing won't be affected. Yeah. I mean, I just, like I said, I mean, it, it doesn't move the needle for me, but I totally get it. You know, maybe like I have a son, we'll, we'll watch it together and we'll really enjoy it. But, um, you know, it, it didn't really move the needle for me. Also, like the all-star game tonight, um, I, don't, I don't really care so much as I think it also plays into a factor that it's been so long since the Yankees have won a World Series. I just want like I want DJ LeMahieu to go out there, poke a single, and then like get yeah. get pinch run. Health, for it. yeah, you know? health is our main. Yeah, all like all of the home runs hit and whatever happens tonight is great. But we want health. We want guys to be a hundred percent good the way they came in coming out of this thing. And yeah, I mean, all I'm concerned about is a World Series. I don't care if there's a you know highlight. You know what's gonna happen? Trout is just gonna win the MVP again, and. Uh, now that they took the you know winner of the game doesn't decide home field for the World Series, like we really don't. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, the, Mike Trout will go out there win the MVP, and then we'll never be heard from again until next year. Like, 
<laughs> I mean, that's yeah. pretty much. Did you catch those commercials that they did? They did. Uh, they did. Um, Belly versus Yelly, Bellinger versus yeah. Yelich for the MVP. I, then they did uh, Javi Baez and a Mike Trout commercial, which were great. Major League Baseball's marketing and digital team, like those were that that was great. All three of those were great. But I don't know how many people they're going to be commercials and they were on digital. I don't know how many people are going to catch them. But Trout said in his thing, you know, like he's honest, honestly one of the best baseball players we'll ever see. He says, he's like, maybe I'm not who people, you know, want me to be, but I'm exactly who I've wanted to be, you know, so. Filthy, rich, Props to and him. boring. I mean. Millville, New Jersey. The, uh, a town so poor they don't have to pay taxes. Uh, I've never been there. I'm never going there, but I can only imagine in South Jersey. Like you get into parts of South Jersey that are like the sticks. It's like, are we in Alabama? My oh, wife no, is from South Jersey. My wife's from Hamilton, which is the blueberry capital of the world. And it's just blueberry yeah, farms like, like farms yeah. out there <laughs> and you just got and like people are legitimately worried about the jersey devil coming out of the woods <laughs> um so yeah i mean the other thing that just kind of relates to yankees is uh sunny gray's an all-star because of course he is boo and, boo i put that in the dot because yeah. like i don't know i'll let i'll i'll, I'll let you you give your thoughts first because i could go on about this for an hour i mean i just think there are certain people who go out there and when you get to New York, it just does not work. I mean, Javier Vasquez was, was a Yankee. Every, he was a Yankee twice. Every time he sees the, the Empire State Building, he pisses down his leg. So you don't go back and get him again. And that some people are like, well, maybe, you know, Sonny Gray's available. Maybe you go get him. No, you don't. Because that guy is not one. He is not going to thrive in New York. His personality doesn't fit it. He's kind of a like a quiet dude, and that's you know that's totally fine. Good for him. Let him be in the middle of nowhere. Also, for right now, with the way this team is, if if we trade for him and things aren't working like they haven't like they didn't work last year, Larry Rothschild is not fixing him because Larry Rothschild can hardly tie his shoes right now. So I mean, some people say ah maybe we should go get him. Hopefully they're joking. Yeah. You can't even think about. It. I don't think you know. I, I think if you said that to Brian Cashman, he'd laugh at you. I have never been to Cincinnati, Ohio, but I know enough about what goes on over there in Great American Ballpark, and it is not New York City. It is not the Bronx. They put chili we on their spaghetti. Did this. They put chili on their spaghetti. <laughs> like, we already did this, man. I'm seeing tweets about, hey, we need pitching. Sonny Gray's an all-star. And then I even saw people say, what would George Steinbrenner think about us letting Sonny Gray go and him becoming an all-star the next year? Um... George Steinbrenner would have probably already said fuck him because he smiled coming off the mound after giving it up. He laughed his way into the dugout getting booed. Like, that's not the type of guy you bring back under any circumstances. And I'm not impressed with what he's doing in the NL facing pitchers. I'm not impressed with what he's doing for the Reds. He's There's no shot. There's zero chance. You're bugging if you think we even consider bringing Sonny Gray back. I hope he goes out tonight and he he's trash. Against like legit competition, I don't care who he faces from the AL. Like, I hope he gets worked, and we can stop this. Cause I, I don't know. I scroll through Twitter. And I'm like, are people smoking crack? You guys on heroin? There's no way Sonny Gray comes back. And like, what will we give up to get? Like, no. There's there's zero chance. So, um, Yankee fans, I know we're the worst fans in the world. I know our uh, <laughs> our fighting amongst each other is rampant but like come on now you guys got to be smarter than that 
But that's one of those things. Like, we all fight each other. We're like a family. Like, we all fight each other, but no one else can pick on us. Like, no, that's my sister. You don't call her ugly. I call her ugly. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I got you guys' backs. But when you guys say dumb stuff, like, maybe we should bring back Sonny Gray. We need pitching. Or what would George Steinbrenner think? Uh, knowing we let go of a future all-star. No, we did this. You guys don't remember watching those games and watching Sonny Gray pitch? He sucked. George Steinbrenner traded Jay Buhner. You know, we trade all-stars Yeah, sometimes. like, yo, exactly. And then it's like, this is not like, don't go back to George. This is George's box. Don't go back to George Steinbrenner and say, what would George say? No, nah, like, he wouldn't, He there's no way in hell he'd want him back in the Bronx. He might've got him out sooner. Well, now that... Keith has been angered by Yankees Twitter. You know it's come to the end of the show. They got him fired <laughs> up. Listen. You know it. We've got, you've really got, you're listening to this on Wednesday. Maybe you're listening to this on Thursday. Go to bronxmantrips.com. Fan shop, July 20th. Come out to that game. It's going to be a good time. We'll be at the dugout beforehand. They have $4 beers. We're going to be drinking them. We're going to be doing shots. It's going to be a great time. Again, you get a ticket to the game in section 205 with all of us, it's, you know, hundreds of us, you know, having a great time. Yeah. I'll be there. Keith will be there. Scott will be there. Rumors. Andrew will actually be there. Fr what? Frank Marco will be there. A sabermetrician. Who gives a shit? Um, he'll be there. Um, it's going to be a good time. Also, shout out to the interns um, for Bronx Pinstripes. We have, uh, we don't uh, mention them like ever on here. Uh, Isabel and Sean are our interns. They edit this show. They put together social media. Thank you for them. And shout out to Tyler and Dom for the BP show, who both just got jobs at ESPN and MLB Network. Uh, those guys are going to be Lit. looking for new interns. So if you go to Bronx Pinstripes on Twitter, uh, you'll be able to find uh, some information on that. If you're looking for an internship, it creates a lot of opportunity. You get to meet some cool people. Um, you can take a picture yeah. with Keith at an event. Um, follow Keith on Twitter <laughs> at Keith underscore McPherson. Follow him at Keith McPherson on Instagram. You get some good weightlifting tips or you just get to see him lifting weights. Do you lift weight in? <laughs> wait, wait, do you lift weight in gardening gloves? Uh, so those gloves are like, I don't know what kind of gloves they were. I just found them under the sink in here. And once my like old lifting gloves ripped, I use those once in a while. Not so much for the calluses, but because the gym is so dirty. I'm like, I don't even want like to touch these grimy weights because everyone in here smells. Um, and it's also just for a look, an aesthetic. I don't know. Yeah, they. I guess they're gardening gloves. They look like, if you ever watch those like hood videos where they do like the hood workouts and they're doing pull-ups uh, like off of things in like the Bronx, like, I don't know, it kind of, that's where I kind of got it from. But anyway. I mean, you look, you, I'll be honest, like you look tougher. Like when people are in the gym in like fancy like lifting gear, it's like, all right, yeah. like fancy lifting gear, but you're just like, yo, I found these on the sink. I'm going to move this weight. Good for you. I'm like, I'm literally showing up with some gloves I found under the sink and a Dragon Ball Z Vegeta Capsule Corp tank top I got from Hot Topic, like two for 15. I, I, <laughs> you just said a lot of words and I don't know what any of those mean, but you can find, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at JJ from the Bronx. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at George's Box Pod and be on the lookout tomorrow. We made some videos in London uh, that'll be coming out. Uh, we got to see it today. It's just kind of our experience in London, both myself and Keith, uh, just going yeah. around that stadium, interacting with some people. It was a good time. Keith, what else you got for the people? We got a shout out Twitchy, who um, you know edited this video. And for people listening, younger people that want to intern, I've been working with Bronx Pinstripes for the last five years. Whatever you do, we could find a spot for you. Um, social uh digital editing marketing um 
engineering the podcast, like those things. Yeah. But whatever you do, we, if you're a Yankee fan and you say, Hey, I want to help the machine. I want to help you guys grow. We'll, we'll figure out a place for you. Um, and last but not least, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, they're warming up New York City for something. The U.S. women's national team, they won. And I heard something's going on in New York. I'll be in the city tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll probably lay eyes on it. It's, something's going on from the canyon. They're doing a canyon a of parade. heroes. They're doing a parade. The ladies well, are getting yeah, a parade. Get it, get it warmed up. It's going to be nothing like the one we're planning. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to do a little trial run uh tomorrow morning so that should get you know anyone in new york watching or seeing this you'll 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 see it on the news you could probably live stream it just visualize that times 10 come november i bet that the for that parade tomorrow i would not be surprised at all if like Didi gregorius is there like because he's a guy who just goes <laughs> out like he goes out with his camera like he's just around the yeah. city so I wouldn't be surprised if like an event like that, he's just out there taking pictures and that would just warm my heart because I know he knows if that he's we're not ready. if he's not in like Turks and Caicos or something, these guys should be on vacation. No, uh, Didi's no, Didi's had half the fucking season off. Didi, <laughs> Didi should be in New York. He does, yeah, he doesn't need a break. He's staying in New York. Yeah, I, I'm gonna lay eyes on it. I don't know what time. I think it starts at 9 30, but I wanna lay eyes on it just because it's like I like to visualize things and I'll see that, you know, that parade and it'll, it'll, it'll get my mind ready for what we're going to do. Lay eyes on it. It's just like such a cool guy, like phrase. That just sounds cool. I can't say shit that's, like that. That's all I want to do. I just want to see the end of it. I think I'm going to pull up around like 11 o'clock. I think it starts at 930. I just want to see the end of it and see the aftermath of like the confetti and the massive amounts of people. And it's like, okay, this many people showed up for the U.S. Women's National Team Parade. All right. Give it a couple months. I got, um, I actually, I have a couple questions for you. One. This Friday is Mariano Rivera Captain America bobblehead night. Does yeah. does that get you out to the stadium? Yeah, it does. And I like we were trying to put a group together. Uh, there's a friend of mine whose birthday. Like we were trying to get group tickets, and now that has kind of fallen through. So I don't have a ticket yet, but I'm probably gonna figure out. Like I don't want to go by myself, but like I might. I honestly might pull a move, like buy a ticket, go and get the bobblehead, and not and stay just, and come just home. Just go because, home. Leave the car running. Yeah, the man. Friday night coming back from the stadium on public transit takes forever. So I might just go in, uh, get the bobblehead, you know, see a couple innings, and then before it gets dark, head head back out. But yeah, I need that Captain America Mariano Rivera bobblehead. It's the first superhero night ever at Yankee Stadium. So I'm gonna figure out my way to to get in there. So I know we are going on the 19th, and then we have the event the 20th. Yeah. But on the 18th, 7:05 game, David Cohn bobblehead night. This I know, I know, and that's and that's thing, your guy. Like, that's your guy. Going. I know. I can't keep going to all these Yankee games, but the bobbleheads. It's like. I'm literally looking at like the bobbleheads I have, and I'm like, all right, I gotta get the, you know the David Cohn one and the Mariano one are classic ones. I gotta get. So if you're going so. to those games, and Keith is not there, and you can get Keith a bobblehead, get Keith a bobblehead. You know that's hard to do. That's hard to do. Well, some and people just some, happen to be I going. Have some connections, and that's hard to do. They are. It's one one ticket, one bobblehead, and sometimes you have one ticket and don't even get a bobblehead. So, hey, if you're listening and you can get a, a second one and you have it in your grasp. Tweet me, DM me, whatever, and let me know. That's a solid. But I, I might be in the stadium when you're doing that. All right. So then my other question is, because like you're like, let's be honest, like you're a smooth guy. 
you've got that like R&B singer facial hair and like I'm a fat white dude. <laughs> so like you're much cooler than me and you say things like I just want to get eyes on it, which is like it's just a smooth. I don't know why it's just a smooth line for me. Like I'm going to tell sounds like good. at some point I'm going to like if my wife didn't listen to this podcast, I would like use that in a thing like, oh, I'm just trying to get eyes on you. Like it just sounds cool. It probably it, co- <laughs> it turns into a pickup line. Yeah. You flip it into a pickup line. Yeah, it come out doofy from from my stupid face. But I've noticed a trend, and like again, you're a trendy, fashion more fashionable guy than I am. And it was big in London. How far are we from you wearing a fanny pack across your chest, or has it happened? Um, perfect. <laughs> went to went to went to Bonnaroo and came back with two fanny packs. I am waiting for the right opportunity. To rock a fanny pack. July 20th. July 20th. Maybe I'll have to, yeah. The July 20th BP crew, BP crew event. I will have a fanny pack. Is it across the chest? Yeah. Yes, I have seen, I have seen, maybe I'll I saw Clint it do it first. I saw Clint do it first in the off season. But yeah, like that's the move now. It's just like, see, but these guys are wearing like designer yeah, ones. Like Supreme. They're wearing like Gucci and like, yeah, like a Supreme one. I have a State Farm one that they gave out and like a core water bottle one that I won at Bonnaroo. But I will wear them like they're designer because I don't care. I love it. I love it, man. Um, it's easier, actually. Yes, that's what. Instead of bringing like my little draw, drawstring bag, I will bring the State Farm uh, fanny pack to the event on the twentieth. I'll look like a, a, a doofus, but hey, swag. I'll try and make it look cool. Bronxpinstripes.com <laughs> fan shop. Go get your tickets. You get to take a picture with Keith and his State Farm fanny pack across the chest yeah that's all we got for you this week keep an eye out for our video tomorrow if you see stadium meets retweet that shit we're, we're getting some good views there but hey maybe you'll see us at a game if you don't we'll see you at the parade Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.